like I said earlier, we'd normally have a Bible reading at this point in the service. As Sam does that during the course of his sermon, I'm just going to set the scene for us a little bit. So where we've got to in Exodus, God has graciously rescued his people, Israel, from slavery in Egypt. He's brought them to himself at Mount Sinai to make them his treasured possession. And he's secured his relationship with them by making a covenant and teaching them his ways so that they can live as his chosen people, as a kingdom of priests, as a holy nation, showing the world what it is like to live with the true God. He's also shown Moses how he intends to live among his people, to be present with them in a special way and maintain his relationship through a priesthood and sacrifices, which point to Jesus and his ministry. But while God is talking to Moses about all of this up on Mount Sinai, the people of Israel have already broken the covenant by making a golden calf and worshipping that instead of worshipping the true God as he really is. And so now the focus from today is on Moses as the only one who can mediate between God and his people to repair that broken relationship and to try to secure God's presence among his people again. And I'll leave it to Sam to draw out the significant Moses example to us and God's grace for us. So we'll watch that now. Hi, everyone there, brothers and sisters of MRC. I hope you'll be fine. Me and my family, here we are fine. Thanks, God. Um, uh, thank you for the privilege uh, for the privilege you have given to me to share with you, to share with you the word of God. Um, I've been told to share with you Exodus chapter 33 and chapter 34, part of chapter 34. Um, we won't cover all uh, these chapters because of the time given to me, but I just uh, picked up some principle to share with you. Uh, before we read, uh, I would like to, to pray. Join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time, for this chance, Lord, to hear your voice. Uh, my prayer, Lord, is that you may speak to my brothers and sisters there in Oxford, as you spoke to me. And we trust that you are will, willing, Lord, to talk with us, to speak to us. Uh, we live by your word. We need your word. Bless us, Lord, with your word. Uh, I pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, before we enter uh, in chapter 33 and part of chapter 34, I would like to, to share with you and to start by reading chapter 32, some verses from verse 11 to 14 and verse 30 to 32 uh, of the same chapter 32. Exodus 32 from verse 11 to 14, it says, But Moses saw the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, 
I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Verse 30 to 32, it says, the next day Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin, but now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back to the Lord and, say, and said, oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. gold. But now please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. Without doubt, Moses was one of the superstars in the galaxy of God's grace. He really left a huge imprint and a real impact in God's people specifically. And as I was reading through his life again, I'm impressed once more that one of the reasons why Moses is so elevated and considered is because he truly was a man of the mountain. He spent a lot of time with the Lord, specifically in his presence. We know that in one of those encounters, Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights in the presence of the Lord. And while he was up in the mountain, down below the people that he was leading and overseeing, they were involved in real sin, making uh, a golden calf, dancing nakedly, involved in immorality. But Moses stayed on that mountain for 40 days and didn't come down until he had the word of God. What important is to be with the Lord? What important is to be with him in his presence uh, in order to face reality, in order to face reality as God sees it. We need that. We need to be with the Lord. While Aaron listened to the voice of the people, Moses was listening to the voice of God to guide the people and to give, the, to give them life through the word of God. So we see now here an important principle, whether we talk about marriage, whether, whether we talk about parenting, whether we talk about being successful on the job site or in our ministry. And when I say successful, I don't mean being rich. I mean to be upright and fulfill God's purpose in our life and what we do whatever it might be, is such a key that we see in these men as Moses in the scripture, that they were people who spent time with the Lord. They seemed to have something in common. They knew what it meant to go and being in the mountain and to stay there until they, they heard the, Lord, the Lord's word, to know his heart for them 
to live. That is what parents need. That is what husbands need, that children need, that we all need to be with the Lord, to hear his voice. Everyone around us, they need to hear and see the interpretation of reality from the Lord's side. Uh, in this section, uh, chapter 32, maybe you, you saw that uh, last uh, message, we see that Moses now already had come down from the mountain after being in the presence of the Lord and having his word. We could see two things in chapter 32, chapter 33, and chapter 34, part of chapter 34. We could, we could see two things that are cl clearly visible in Moses' life. First of all, I would like to share with you Moses as the mediator or the mediator of uh, mediator job of Moses, mediating between the people and between God. These people were sinning, were involved in gross sin. A people called by God himself as a stiff-necked people, difficult people. What a job of Moses. What a job of Moses. A difficult job, a hard job to mediate between the people and between God. I, uh, I think you saw that in chapter 32, last message probably. Moses is standing on behalf of the people before the Lord, calling sin, sin by its name, sin, and taking those sinners' life before the presence of of the Lord to be treated. All the opposite of Aaron, all the opposite of Aaron, who didn't take care of the people. First, by leading them, leading them to sin against the Lord, as we see in chapter 32, verse 2 to 4. The people, when uh, Moses, while Moses was up in the mountain, the people were asking, uh, where is Moses? We need a God that may lead us to the promised land. And, Mo and Aaron, they, he accepted that idea and he involved he and the people in gross uh, sin by making a, a, a calf, a gold of calf, uh, sorry, a calf of gold, an idol, a terrible sin before God, knowing that the law was the, the, true, the only true God the only who deserves uh, worship. Uh, Aaron, he really uh, uh, led the people in sinning. And secondly, Aaron, he abandoned them when he had to intercede. What we uh, see in chapter 32, verse uh, 22 to 24, Aaron was saying, he was saying to Moses, when he abandoned the people, he said to Moses, Moses, don't blame me. It was the people that made me do it. What? Making a, a, a calf of gold. Probably um, uh, Aaron said, Moses, I was terribly, terribly damaged psycholo psychologically. A good mediator, uh, a good mediator uh, points out not just the behavior, but the root of it, a sinful heart. 
Aaron didn't do that. He just pointed out the sin or the behavior of the people. He didn't point out the real problem, the root of everything. And he also, he, he didn't see it, the problem, his sin in him. He just was blaming the people. Moses is a mediator because he accepts responsibilities. He is willing to pay a huge price personally. Like, for example, as we read in chapter 32, verse 32, and 33 later, verse 15, instead of saying they did that, they sinned, we see Moses saying, Lord, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us, take, uh, take us as your inheritance. Chapter 34, verse 9. What a great proof of leadership and kindness of Moses. Obviously, Moses' life is the result of God's grace, no doubt, and God's word and presence in his life. He spent time up in the mountain with God and his word. What is the greatness of this mediation? That is the main question we need to ask ourselves. What is the greatness of this mediation? The greatness of this mediation is that Moses, by doing this, was seeking to make known the glory of God to all people, as we read in chapter 32, verse 12, 13. He was telling to God, God, let's see this here again. Verse 11, he says, Lord, he, says, he said, why should your anger burn against your people whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Moses was, he was seeking to make known the glory and goodness and kindness of the Lord by mediating. Second, and now we enter in chapter 33, Moses the intercessor. Let's read chapter 33. Chapter 33, verse um, 7 to uh, 17. And then chapter 34, verse 8 to Nine. First, verse 7 uh, of chapter 33. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distant way, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tents. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would, would return to the camp, but his young assistant, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, 
You have been telling me, leave these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Chapter 34, verse 8 to 9, it says, Moses bowed to the ground at once and worshipped. Lord, he said, if you have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although, although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us as your inheritance. Mediation means standing, as I said before, as I explained Moses as uh, the, the mediator. Mediation means standing between two parties, trying to solve a past or present problem. In this case, specifically, the sin of the people and his sin, his sin as well. Intercession, it's not so much based upon past problems as mediation as it is to secure future blessing, that is uh, uh, intercession. Moses was seeking future blessings. He was not only concerned as a mediator about the past problems, but Moses was an intercessor. Someone who stood in the gap before God to seek future blessing for the people. An intercessor sees and seeks before the Lord what is the best for all. It's fantastic to see how Moses looked for, looked for in, pray, in prayer what he and the people really needed. That was Moses seeking, what he and the people really needed. Let me explain that better uh, in order that we can understand it uh, the best as we can. At the beginning of chapter 33, uh, God had said to Moses to leave that place and go up with the people to the promised land. And God himself said to Moses that he would send an angel before them to drive out all their enemies. Through chapter 33, we see that that idea wasn't well received, neither for the people nor for Moses. And so we read in verses 13 and to 16, Moses was interceding to the Lord. So that never happened. That is the time to make a question to ourselves. Imagine that we are in the place of that people, the people of Israel. If God, if God says, I'm going to send an angel and 
this angel is going to lead you into a promised land. And so the fulfillment of promises of pro prophecies and the consummation of all the promises will be performed in front of us, in front of me, in front of you. Would your tendency, would my tendency be to say, wow, amazing, awesome, a real angel, and not just Charlie's angels, those fake angels. And that angel is going to make sure that we get the promised land, the promises that God has made to us. It's interesting that both the people and Moses, they weren't excited with the angel. And the mediator Moses, the intercessor Mo Mo Moses, didn't care about the angel. And he really was no longer excited about the promise without the presence of God. That's very commendable. And we need to pay attention to it, to that. It's not that interesting, is it, is it that we are that that we see here because too often our tendency my tendency and your tendency is to say lord give us give us your um presence p-r-e-s-e-n-t-s presence lord give us your presence we don't really care many probably many times we, we don't really care about your presence p-r E-S-E-N-C-E. -E. Moses understood that what he and the people really needed was the God of the promises and not just the promises of God. Chapter, chapter 30, 33, verse 15. Moses knew that it would be useless. The provision of the Lord and the things that they would receive from him without his Precious presence in their lives. How common we see people seeking God's presence to get his presence. About intercession, Moses teaches us two things. First, the best thing is to be in the presence of God, not just and not getting presence from God. Again, the best thing for us is to be in the presence of God not getting present from God. If we pay attention to Moses' intercession, we will find out that the purpose of Moses and the people having God's presence was to make known his holiness through their lives. We see that in chapter 33, verse 16, as we read, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your side if you go with us, if your presence go, goes with us. So we shall be separate. That is the key word. So we shall be separate, not just not strange people, but separate, different people, your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth, of the earth. Brothers and sisters. The main purpose of intercession, whether it be in our behalf or in behalf of others, it shouldn't be the pursuit of material things, material goods, or personal success. Instead, it must be the pursuit of his presence 
and the fulfill of God's will in us and in others. And that will we, and by doing this, we will know and we will get to our sanctification. Sanctification. That is the purpose of intercession. We need to intercede for us and to others in order to seek sanctification as Moses was uh, praying to God, interceding to God. Lord, we want to be different, separated. That is the greatness of intercession. We need to seek that. We read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1, for this is, said Paul, the will of God, your sanctification. So we need to intercede, intercede for us and for the people in order that we may, uh, we may seek sanctification. Moses, Moses also teaches us this second. We must set aside time to intercede. Moses was not satisfied just by knowing that his forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they, they had a good relationship with God. He really want, wanted to be with God, to be his friend. The text says that he took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp. It seems to be that being far from the people, maybe business, uh, noise or any distraction would, would cause an interruption or would affect Moses' time with the Lord. We can see Moses having in his agenda time to spend with God, not someone fixing or trying to fix a moment in a day for being with God, but being with God to fix everything in their life on, or in, in his day. We can also see intimacy in Moses' relationship with the Lord, nothing forced, forced, but natural, genuine, as a man speaks to his friend. Moses teaches us that every one of us, this is the principle, every one of us is as close to God as we want to be. God, God gladly will take us as far as we want to be in intimacy with him. The great deal is this, brothers and sisters of the MRC. All these great aspects of Moses' life, mediator, intercessor, were in Moses not because he was a superman, no, but because he had a super grace, super grace upon him, as we read in chapter 30, 33, 17. Let me read with you. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. God was with Moses and with the people personally and congregationally, not because they deserve it. No, not because they were worthy, but because the supernatural grace of God upon Moses and the people. The same way we can think about us now, but more clearly. God is with us personally and congregationally, not because we deserve it, not because we are worthy, but because of the ultimate intercessor, the master of mediation, Jesus Christ. 
we see that in Hebrews 7, verse 25, it says, therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who came, who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession, intercession for them. What a beautiful news is to know that the Lord of everything, the Lord of universe is with me, is with you right now. Not because what we are or what we have done, but because what Jesus is in us and what he has done for us. Moses shows us here a beautiful picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we see, we are blessed because of Jesus. We are blessed because of him, not because of us. We see the same in Moses. When God said to Moses, I am going to bless all these people because of you, because I know your name, Moses, because I am well pleased with you. It is true that we are blessed because of Jesus, just because of Jesus, not because we are smart, intelligent, genius, beautiful, handsome, not just because of Jesus. And we can rejoice in that. So let us rejoice in him, enjoying our Lord as we are satisfied in him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you because through you, we are made holy. And uh, you died for us in order that we may be blessed. Thank you, Lord, because it's not because we are worthy, because we don't have nothing, we are nothing. Because of, because of you, we are your children. Because of you, we have eternal life. Because of you, Jesus, we have God's presence in our life. Please, uh, may we seek you, not because you're present, or because we can find presence from you, but because we desperately, desperately need your presence. And make us, Lord, good intercessors that we make seek holiness, Lord, and pray for that for us and for the people, for your people. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Thank you for your word. Bless my brothers and sisters very enough for Lord. May we be holy as you are holy. That is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you again.